God has a set of glasses that he wants us to wear as we look at life. Dr. Tony Evans says we need kingdom lenses in order to see things as they really are. Kingdom lenses is simply looking at life through God's point of view. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. Giant obstacles can make us feel pretty insignificant and powerless, but that feeling isn't a fact. Today, Dr. Evans looks at the dramatic change we undergo when our focus moves from the physical to the spiritual. Let's join him as he begins. We've all worn sunglasses. We've all had different kinds of sunglasses or colors and seen other people with them. That means we have seen our perspective colored by whatever the color of the glasses were. So things look blue or yellow or gray, depending upon the color of the lenses in the glasses. In other words, those glasses color what you see. God wants us to have a set of glasses on as we look at life that are colored with kingdom lenses. Lenses that are seeing things as he colors them, as he directs them, as God wants them understood. Far too many of God's people are wearing cultural glasses or racial glasses, or class glasses, or personality glasses, and they see things through the lens of those particular perspectives. Many people have multiple colored lenses because they're going to look at things through different shades every day. God has a set of glasses that he wants us to wear as we look at life. Kingdom lenses designed to give you kingdom vision. That is, vision from God's rule. The kingdom is the rule of God. If you don't use God's pair of glasses, as you look at life and circumstances, as you look at cultural calamity, then you will, like a ball, be bounced around based on what happens today because you're switching glasses. And trust me, the culture has a new pair of glasses for you to wear every day. So on our journey, we want to look at different scenarios in Scripture where people got to see things differently. Kingdom lenses are simply looking at life and any aspect of life through God's point of view. That's what we mean by kingdom vision, the way you perceive things as a follower of Jesus Christ. God had sent Israel through a process. The journey began with deliverance from Egypt. So it began with deliverance. It continued through development in the wilderness. So he set them free from Egypt in order to develop them in the wilderness. Development then led to destiny, his ultimate purpose for them in history. God does the same three movements with your life and my life. 
deliverance, the point of your salvation when you trusted Christ. Then he wants to develop you through spiritual development in discipleship so that he can lead you to destiny, the place he's taking you in order to use you in history. Now, by destiny, I'm not referring to heaven. That's our ultimate destiny. I'm referring to usefulness in history because when God took Israel to their destiny in the promised land, there were still Hittites, Canaanites, Amorites. There were still problems to be dealt with. Not true for us in heaven, but those are challenges that we still face in history, but we're prepared to face them because of development, having already been delivered. We find in chapter 13 of the book of Numbers, Israel is on the precipice of the promised land, the place of destiny, the place where God wanted them to wind up in history, the place where they were anticipating God's divine favor being fully realized. But that is where we run into a problem, a problem that they ran into, a problem that we run into, and that is the problem of grasshopper thinking, a grasshopper complex. As they come into the precipice of where God wants them to be, they are right on the verge of experiencing God's historical purpose for them. And we read in verse 33 these words. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, a part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. We ran into the Nephilim, and in our sight, we became grasshoppers. And in their sight as well. So I guess my question is, are there any grasshoppers in the house? When they saw the challenge in front of them, they saw the challenge of moving forward. They said, the problem is so big, it has made us feel so small. The challenge was so great that we shrunk in the face of it, and it made us feel like grasshoppers. Now, please notice what they say after they start feeling as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So when we felt like grasshoppers, they treated us like grasshoppers. In other words, your self-perception will affect how other folk view you. Because if you think you're nothing and you're nobody, folk will treat you like you're nothing and you're nobody. If you think yourself small, insignificant, folk are going to cooperate with your self-analysis. Said, We saw ourselves as grasshoppers, and they saw us as grasshoppers. See, a lot of folk 
are seeing themselves in a way God never defined them. And then wind up being mad because folk are treating you like you see you. Why shouldn't I agree with how you view yourself? A grasshopper mentality, a grasshopper complex is when you limit your perspective to the size of the physical problem that you face rather than the spiritual assessment that God makes. When all you see with your physical eyes is all you see, when the sum total is that five cents analysis of the reality in front of you and you stop there, then that will begin to define how you view your own reality. He said, we saw the Nephilim. When we saw them, they got bigger and we got smaller. They limited their perspective to the physical alone because the Nephilim were giants. The Nephilim were this huge community of strong men. When we saw them, we shrunk. Many of God's people and many of us as individuals don't see ourselves like God sees us. And so we succumb to cultural analysis, racial analysis, social analysis, political analysis, because we have limited ourselves to the Nephilim of society and how they want us to be viewed, and how we view ourselves. We'll learn more about the importance of choosing a proper perspective when Dr. Evans returns in just a moment. First, though, I'd like to tell you about a special package we put together as our way of saying thank you when you make a donation to keep this ministry going. It starts with our current seven-message audio collection, Developing Kingdom Vision. It includes a copy of one of Tony's newest books that goes hand-in-hand with today's message. It's called Kingdom Focus. Together, these resources expand what we've been learning about the importance of adopting a kingdom-centered perspective, one that will not only give you a source of strength to overcome challenges, but also an enduring framework to live a meaningful life with purpose and lasting significance. You can make the arrangements to get this special package by visiting us at TonyEvans.org. Or, if it's more convenient, call our 24-hour resource request line at 1-800-800-3222 and let one of our friendly team members help you. That's TonyEvans.org or by phone at 1-800-800-3222. I'll repeat that contact information for you after the second part of today's message. Here's Dr. Evans. And so, let's look at this situation a little closer. Because I want you to change, if you need to change, how you look at yourself. And I want you to change how you look at God's church and how the church views itself, because this was the collective people of God, in a culture that's now being controlled by the Nephilim. See, I I want to submit to you that the Nephilim look like they're in charge. See, the Nephilim were anti-God. The Nephilim were 
were big. They were the powerful ones. They were, they were the ones who controlled the agenda. They were the ones who occupied the territory. They were the secularists of the day. And they were calling the shots. And they were defining reality. That was the reality. They, they didn't put the Nephilim there. The Nephilim were just there. They were just this occupying force of the environment. So that's our situation. But remember, if all you see is what you see, then you do not see all there is to be seen. See, many of us have been defined by the Nephilim of our mother and father that made us feel like grasshoppers. Many of us have been felt like grasshoppers by the Nephilim of race, where folk make you feel like less than your creator created you to be. By the Nephilim, the powerful forces within the society that try to define and misdefine and redefine you. Well, the scenario is that they come to the promised land. There is a representative from every tribe that is told to go and spy out the land. We're told that in the beginning of The chapter, verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan. It's described for us in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Moses is rehearsing what happened. So this is after the fact. Verse 19 says, then we set out from Horeb and we went through all the great and terrible wilderness, which you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, just as the Lord our God had commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said to you, you have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is about to give us. So they would gotten the promise of God. God's going to give you this. See, the Lord your God has placed the land before you, Go up, take possession as the Lord, the God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear and be dismayed. So Moses is rehearsing this. Verse 22, then all of you approached me and said, let us send men before us that we may search out the land for us and bring back to us word of the way by which we should go up and the cities which we shall Enter. This thing pleased me, and I took 12 of your men, one man for each tribe. Oh, well, we just got some new information from Deuteronomy that we didn't get from Numbers. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, it says, God said, send the 12 spies. That's what Numbers 13, 1 says. But in Deuteronomy 1, it wasn't God's idea to send the 12. God made a promise. The land is yours. They said, let's send up 12 spies to see the strategy we should implement to fulfill the promise that God made. The promise was the promised land. But in the promise was a problem. The Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, So God's promises don't mean there aren't problems. But God's promises that also have problems 
are to be addressed by the strategy used to grab a hold of what he has said. He says it up there. We implement it down here. So they send 12 spies into the land to spy out the strategy for taking it. Now, Numbers 13, verse 25, when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they came to the congregation, verse 26 says, and they brought the word back. Verse 27, we went into the land where you sent us and it flows with milk and honey. That means it's highly productive. Just like God said, this is fertile territory. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong. The cities are fortified. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. That's the Nephilim. He says these folks, Amalek, Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, these problems are all over the place. Canaanites are living by the sea. He said, we went into the land. We stayed there 40 days. The land is just like God said it is. His promise is true, but his problems are great. Ten of the spies spoke up and said, while God's promises are true, the problems are too big. While God's promises are true, the problem is too big, and they name it. Hittites, Amorites, Jebusites, Canaanites, and they all over the place. You hear this every Sunday at church. People who will say amen to the promise, they will agree that God's word is true. But when it comes time to implement, they will spend the majority of their time talking about the scope of the problem. And they talk about how it can't be done, it hadn't been done, it shouldn't be done. They will give you all the reasons while agreeing that God's word is true. These folk are agreeing, but their physical eyes kept looking at the size of the challenge. That was real. Because sometimes the promises of God just, that, that's kind of amorphous to us. But them Canaanites, we can see. Them things trying to destroy your life, trying to destroy your marriage, trying to destroy your children, trying to destroy our unity. When I, when I look at the culture today, I, I, see, I, I see Nephilim everywhere. I see Democratic Nephilim and Republican Nephilim. Black Nephilim and white Nephilim. Rich Nephilim and poor Nephilim. Police Nephilim and community Nephilim. I see Nephilim everywhere. Strong problems in every direction. And they said this is too big. Even though we agree that yeah, God said it. But here it is. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. He had to quiet the people down. Why? Because they said, oh no. Oh no, this is, this. we can't fix this. This is too big. We should, Caleb said, verse 30, by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him 
We are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel, verse 32, a bad report of the land which they had spied out. The land through which we have gone is spying it out is a land that devours, we got cannibals in there, devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. So we got a problem now. We have a big problem because we got a divided leadership. See, 12 cent. 10 came back and said, we can't. We can't. We can't. It's too big. The size is too big. Because they were looking through eyes that were physical but real. I mean, the Canaanites were there. Amorites were there. All that stuff was real. But Caleb, Joshua went with him, but Caleb came back and said, oh, no, 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 no. We are... We not only should go in, we're going to take it. What was the difference between the two? The 10 saw the physical and two saw the spiritual. This is the problem with majority rule. Because the vote is 10 to 2. 10 spies versus Joshua and Caleb. So let me give you a secret if you want to Begin to experience God's kingdom power working in your life, your home, our church, and hopefully to influence our culture. You don't vote on the will of God. Let me say that again. They're going to vote. It's 10 to 2. And you're going to get ready to see the folks say majority rule. And since 10 leaders said this and two leaders said that, we're going to go with the 10. You never vote on the will of God. When God says something, it doesn't matter how many folks say something else. Doesn't matter how many folks. Doesn't matter how many people voted for it or voted for this or voted for that. When God speaks, you are to implement his principle if you want to see his power even though it means you have to overcome some problems dr tony evans talking about the possibilities ahead of us when we view life through god's eyes instead of our own and that's something we can only accomplish if we've chosen to live our lives with the lord at our side if you're ready to do that Visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Jesus. There, Tony will explain everything you need to know about what it means to be a real Christian and how to start a brand new lifelong journey with the Lord. You can find out more at TonyEvans.org. Now, before I tell you about what's coming up next time, don't forget to take advantage of that special offer I mentioned a little earlier. It includes full-length CD or downloadable versions of all seven messages in Tony's new series, Developing Kingdom Vision, along with his transformative book, Kingdom Focus. We're offering these special resources for a limited time as our thank you gift when you request them at TonyEvans.org and make a contribution to help support the ministry of The Alternative. 
That's TonyEvans.org. Or call our 24-hour resource request line at 1-800-800-3222. And let one of our team members help with your request. That's 1-800-800-3222. When faced with an obstacle the Lord has told us to overcome, we're sometimes tempted to think that disobeying God is an easier path than confronting the problem. Nothing could be further from the truth. And tomorrow, Dr. Evans will address how our failure to step out in faith can cause us to miss the promises of God. I hope you'll join us for that. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 